he's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. You can feel sorry for yourself for like a day and then get over it because you know what? We need to do more. We need to do, we need to improve our services, improve our processes. You know, we, we were doing well, but I said, we should be doing better. And it actually forced us and it provided us the time to get better. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? You are listening to the one and only Hostfully Highlight series here on Slick Talk. This means every Friday I have partnered up with my friends at Hostfully to interview their amazing property managers around the world to see what they're doing, how they used this time during the COVID-19 pandemic in order to optimize the tools that are currently already in their toolbox, like Hostfully themselves. You're listening to the Hostfully Highlight series. Now, onto the show. everybody welcome back to slick talk the hospitality podcast i'm your host will slickers and today i'm interviewing nick who is the owner of osa property management based in costa rica so i don't think we've ever had a costa rica property management company on the show nor a guest from costa rica so nick i'm really glad to have you on the show and thanks for being on today well thank you so much will it's, it's truly a pleasure and i have to say pura vida to, to open this up for sure. That's that's the, the popular phrase in Costa Rica, kind of like uh, Aloha in Hawaii. It stands oh, perfect. Yeah, it kind of is like a hello, goodbye. And if you don't know what to say, you say Pura Vida. I love it. Pura Vida, everybody, and all the Slick Talk listeners listening. Let's get into it. So, Nick, tell us a little bit about your background. I think you have quite the extensive history with uh, real estate, but I want to kind of hear your story from the beginning and then leading into creating OSA. Sure. Sure. So my, going way, way back, is, I was a, a marketing professional and I got my undergrad degree from Cornell, although I was in the business school and economics major. I had I known I, had, I would have ended up in hospitality, I would have gone to the hospitality and hotel management school. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, so I was in marketing. I went got my MBA at Indiana University, the Kelly School for, again, marketing and strategy. And I had a, a, a stint as an investment banker uh, doing mergers and acquisitions, and then uh, five to six years being a director of sports marketing for uh, a company that had a uh, magazine and a TV show on Fox Sports, and, and it involved bass, primarily bass fishing. But I ended up in, uh, in Costa Rica, and, and during that time, I worked in New Zealand and Australia for, for another company as well. So, so the international flavor's kind of always been there. So I had a, a semester in, in undergrad in Australia, then I found a job in Minnesota, but then I was based in New Zealand first, uh, Auckland, and then in uh, Australia again. So um, fast forward to about the mid 2005 and, and, uh, and a friend of mine said, I wanna go to Costa Rica and invest some money. And at the time, like I said, I was doing corporate marketing. And I said, sure, let's go for it. I wanna, the time I had enough kind of passive investments in terms of real estate and and I had a little bit of extra money sitting around. So I thought, sure, I'd love to travel. And the worst case, I'm going to have a four-day, it was just a quick in and out, four-day vacation to Costa Rica. And I fell in love with it immediately. So absolutely loved it. And there wasn't any one thing. It was just kind of the whole spirit of Costa Rica, if you will. It, it reminded me a bit of Australia in terms of lots of jungles. You know, parts of Australia have lots of jungles. People love their sport in Costa Rica, and the only sport that matters is, is soccer uh, versus Aussie rules or, or rugby. But the, the people were fantastic. Absolutely fell in love with the people. So over the next uh, five, six years, I, I was involved with a real estate company in Costa Rica. We launched a, a full brokerage firm from scratch with four offices. And, and then uh, the financial crisis of 2000, what happened in the United States in 2007 to nine was delayed a bit just because in, in Costa Rica, it didn't really start hitting till, till late 08, early 09 and, and bled into 2011. And part of that was just that the people weren't sure how serious this was. And so 
you know, as they started losing their primary assets in the United States, then of course, secondary assets started falling. So, and, and during that same time, I built a house uh, in 2009 and uh, had my very first renter in the house, January 1st, 2010. So it's an easy kind of date to remember. And, and as I look back, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. So I feel I'm embarrassed by what, what, what we didn't have. You know, there were no curtains, there was no satellite TV, we didn't have, I mean, and at the time, and the challenge of Costa Rica, even to this day in some parts is, you know, no cell phone signal. And that's true for certain homes we manage now. It's a really, we're in a really developing area. So the company name is OSA Property Management and OSA is a region of Costa Rica. It's a Southern Pacific region of Costa Rica. It's the last area to be developed in the entire country. So a lot of times when people have been to Costa Rica, they may have been to Northern Costa Rica and Guanacaste it's called. The Four Seasons is there, the Westin is there. Where we are, there's no international hotel chains. You know, where we manage homes, the nearest McDonald's is an hour away. The nearest, there's, there's one movie theater, one golf course within two and a half hours south of us and two and a half hours north of us. So it's, it's, it's a very different market. Um, and that's what people love about it. And that's what some people think they're going to love about it. But then, you know, they arrive and we have, we all have our own challenges as, as property managers and that. So, uh, and then OSA was started. And, and so I, I own a 150 acre development and I've built a couple of houses there. And through the years, people wanted me to manage their homes because I was managing mine. And about two years ago, I branded OSA property management. So, and that was, uh, it was all about finding the right person. And I finally found the talent that I needed and I hired her away from a, a, different, <laughs> a different company. It wasn't a property management company, but she was working elsewhere. And then since then, now we manage, uh, as of today, we have 23 homes in our, um, that we manage and we have a construction crew and we have a landscaping crew and we um, do a pool service as well. Most of that's outsourced, but, and then a home cleaning crew. So, um, and that's most of that growth has been, and we grew during COVID. So I don't know, I don't wanna jump ahead, but yeah. uh, a lot of that was what growth has been in the last six months. Well, I was going to say, uh, sounds like you guys had a real Brian Chesky moment with your first property with no blinds, no nothing, just nothing. a property and just let's get it up there, huh? Yes, yes, yes. And and, and, I, and I remember this distinctly, the, the, there was no rugs and the guy slipped and oh, no. hit his head, you know, it was kind of one of those things. And, and But again, there was no cell phone coverage. So, we, you know, you, didn't, you wouldn't find out till the next day if there was any issues or not, so... No, that's, that's very true. And then, so I want to kind of jump in on the 150 acre farm or land that you have. Um, What, okay. One, tell us how, what, what made you go like, I'm going to buy all of this and we're going to build on it. And then um, I guess where it's at now, what do you see it being in the future? Sure. So I had zero experience developing land. And my former business partner had zero experience in developing land either. So we took all of that knowledge, uh, wink, wink, took all of that knowledge and went to uh, Costa Rica, where again, the rules are different, the language is different and everything else. And uh, we made a lot of mistakes. That's how we did it. We, we, we raised money initially from shareholders, uh, or we went out and, and, and raised private money and to buy the raw land. And then for, until the crisis hit, we were doing pretty well. We, we pre-sold some lots and things were going pretty well. And then the crisis hit and, and uh, the good news is we survived there at the time. I've heard varying numbers, but there were about 20 to 25 developments within an hour region of us. We were one of about four that made it through with the same ownership structure. And, and, and that ownership structure also changed. I bought out my partner and over the years I bought out pretty much the rest of the uh, other shareholders. Uh, and, and what I feel good about is nobody lost money. So, you know, yeah. I said, we've had, a, we've had to gear it back up a couple of times. Laws have changed. So as we started going down a path, then the crisis hit, then I was buying out my partners. And then there was, you know, if anyone's developed land, you run into to, uh, uh, issues in terms of developments. And, and something to think about in Costa Rica, for example, is, you know, to develop land, where there's already roads and there's already water and there's already electricity and there's already internet, that that's kind of easy. But what I just said, where we bought, they didn't have any of that. 
that had a public road access to it, but then you know to put internal roads in, there weren't any. To put in electricity, there wasn't any. Um, the water system, although we're in a tropical rain area, the 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 rights to water is is the biggest biggest hurdle. Took us years. Took us about five six five to six years to do that. So uh, the development itself is 150 acres. Our plan now is about 170 to 75 lots, and we are really early on that, just because of all of the uh, kind of behind the scenes changes that I was doing. You know, I, I froze it. I basically froze it for about six or seven years, mm. just to step back, let the economy come back, and then I had to adjust and get a different set of engineers and different set of studies and soil studies and you name it. So uh, you know everything from where do the fire hydrants go? Right. So, I mean, this is it. And by the way, the, where we are, the area doesn't have pipes for the fire hydrants. So we have to run um, the pipes. So we, we spent a year actually negotiating, but it had to be, they wanted six inch pipes. We said, well, the town only has four inch pipes and we had to settle on what the law said, which was six inch pipes. So that's, a, it, it sounds silly, but we, you spend a lot of time on that. Um, so there'll be 175 homes approximately, God willing, in, in, in the next decade there. And well, yeah, I was gonna say it just proves that uh, success doesn't happen overnight, right? I guess it could take years just to figure out a pipe uh, inch size. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Because the implications of that is we have to run a pipe several kilometers. So, yeah, yeah that the, the pipe size does make a difference. No, that's that's just uh, super funny to hear as it's happening. You know, you hear all these stories at the end. It's like, oh, we did this and this, but then it's like, but you take the ten years and break it down. It's like, yeah, we spent a year just debating whether they're gonna go four inch or six inch on the pipes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Trying to get the government to understand our side of the story, which as in all governments around the world, the (laughs) the government's always, the government always wins. (laughs) Well, uh, so this might be an obvious question and maybe an obvious challenge, but uh, when you're managing real estate and vacation rentals in Costa Rica, um, what is something that most people wouldn't think you'd encounter or maybe something you encountered uh, on your journey with the actual property management side? Is it the distance between the properties with no roads? What's, what's the overall like sure. issue? Yeah, so we, we manage those 23 homes have a, if you, if you were to go from the northernmost door to door, so, you know, again, there's, there's a main principal highway, but it's 15 minutes up and then 40, it'd be about an hour and 10 minutes if you go all the way back. So it's a lot of real estate. So uh, in a coverage area. So, you know, one of the things we had to do and, and the, you know, we made a lot of mistakes and, and it's, it's such a cliche, but it was just finding the right people. So um, that was key, trying to find that person or those groups of people that understand that, you know, Costa Rica is such a global destination. So we have, as we talk today, we have renters from the Netherlands, from England, from Canada, from the United States and Costa Rica even. So we've got people are bringing their own cultures and beliefs and what they're used to back home. And then they're in what's, what's they consider a third world country, although there's cell phones and, and some of our homes have fiber optic internet, but it, it's, it's trying to balance that expectation of that. And then, you know, we all have kind of the funny stories. I, I, you know, just recently I had, we had a renter that was complaining about the heat. Um, and I said, well, you're in the tropical rainforest. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to tell you on that, right? So, so sometimes people just aren't clear, like they have this dream of going to Costa Rica without understanding what that means to go in the tropical, you know, the, the, the most biologically intense place in the, on the planet is, is in Corcovado National Park. That's about an hour and a half from kind of our region. And that's according to National Geographic. So you imagine all the, you know, the butterflies, the monkeys, the sloths, the toucans, that's on a daily basis. I mean, you don't always see the sloths, but you hear the monkeys daily, you hear the toucans. So you, if to, to get that amazing wildlife, it, it, it's all about the other animals. And well, with that comes insects and it comes yeah. <laughs> snakes and spiders and everything else. So uh, we have to deal with everything, right? You have to deal with a spider. Someone sees a spider or a snake and, to to where to do a concierge of can you make me uh, a reservation at the best restaurant in the area or can you get me a private chef so it's kind of everything in between and really trying to find the right people that can you know stay calm bring the situation down and 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 solve that problem yeah oh and you guys said you're also I think you said this to me on a pre-chat was that um, you guys are like what three hours from the airport itself. 
yes. So our, we're about three hours and 15 minutes from the nearest international airport. So that has a whole other set of logistical situations. So, you know, we're really, we're really insistent on letting us know when you land into San Jose, which is again, the, the nearest international airport, because we need to know that you've landed and then keep us updated. So we give them landmarks. Hey, let us know when you pass through Hako. Let us know when you pass through Capos. That way we can start to plan. And people just think we're being nosy, but we, you know, we, I can't have an employee waiting four hours because you decided to go to the beach when you told us you'd arrive at five and you'd arrive at nine. So yeah. that, that is kind of constantly uh, always a little bit of an issue, for, uh, a big issue for us, just in terms of making sure my staff has time to be with their families and things like that. I mean, otherwise we all know who's in property management. You'd work 24 hours a day if you, if yeah. you don't watch it. No, true. So, yeah. Yeah. We have a regional airport about 25 minutes away, but you know, I enjoy it, but it, again, that's great, but it's a non-pressurized plane. So you go up about 9,000 feet and some people just in, with about 20 people and some people don't like that either, right? Because it bounces <laughs> a little bit and, and things yeah. like that, so. Well, and, that, and now, of course, COVID. So now no one's wanting to be that that close right. anymore. That's right, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah. um, I was going to ask you, is it hard for you guys on an operation standpoint? Because I'm in the vacation rental space as well, you know, managing homes, whether they're in different states or different cities, et cetera. Um, you know, I think the always the biggest issue is getting your housekeeping team or a maintenance team or somebody to the property when they're so spread out, and especially if they have multiple ones a day. So is that something that you guys have kind of seen as a, a barrier to, or a, a barrier to entry, like a kind of a hump to get over? Yes. It's, it's our biggest time consuming transportation. So yeah. Yeah. transportation for us is a real big issue. So we use primarily pr Primarily, our cleaning staff is primarily women. Um, that's indicative of Latin America, anyway. But the uh, just having people have having their driver's license, mm. having people be able to get from point A to point B when they need to. So we we I I just we had challenges in the past, and it's definitely a, a, a barrier to entry. And it's it's why I just I had to integrate all of those services into the company mm. and just bite the bullet and say I can't rely on third parties and, and pay them. And then hope and pray that they show up on time. I mean, plus, there's some logistical issues of just key exchanges, right? How do you make sure the cleaning staff has the keys? Because again, Costa Rica, you have power outages, just the mm -hmm. grid goes down, the Wi-Fi system can be in or out. So I can't rely on remote locks. So we have to still do a lot of physical key exchanges. So I said, I can't be, and we tell our homeowners, we're not just going to share those with anybody. We're going to be there. And, and again, most of our homeowners are at least 3,000 miles away. So there's yeah. a lot of trust. And a lot of nervousness, a lot of anxiousness. A lot of our work is trying to keep the owners calm to let them know your property is in great shape or in great condition. So I've had to integrate the cleaning crews. I have cleaning crews. I have landscaping crews. I it, Because I need to know if the property is looking not looking great, because again, we're in the tropics, stuff grows quickly. Um, I need to have the accountability because clients will, and, and renters are going to want that property looking as crisp as possible. So... You know, Abigail Vargas is, is my right-hand person and, and she's in charge of all operations. And she spends a lot of time making sure the cleaning crews are ready to go. Um, and with that said, right, as we talked today, I've told one of our cleaning crews, she's, she's a woman in her fifties and, and she's really great and has experience at a hotel and, and doing some management. And I said, I bet she doesn't have a driver's license. Mm. So I said, I will pay for your training. I will pay for your testing. Um, and, and we've bought vehicles. Mm -hmm. We now have three cars. We're buying our second motorcycle right now. Nice. Um, we've just had to solve those problems uh, because, because renters don't care. The renters are flying in from around the world and they don't want to hear about the fact that the cleaning lady's two hours late and the house isn't ready. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll get crushed on Airbnb because of that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, does this impact the type of properties that you bring on and onboard? Because you, you said you're at 23, 24, or 25, 23? 23 right now. Yeah. yeah. So does that impact the type of inventory you, inventory you bring on? Because I looked at your website and one, great brand, by the way, I love it. Uh, but but two, the, the inventory that you guys have on there is pretty different in some areas. Like you can tell, but they're like all unique. And that's what I think is really cool about vacation rentals, but they're all very unique. Some have pools, some have like big forests right behind it, some right. don't. So it's, it's quite interesting. Is that kind of a, a role that impacts that? Well, we're going through that right now as, as to what, you know, what does the brand stand for? We're constantly, and I'm constantly kind of pushing that and, and 
as as all brands do, they evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as with any property management or any new company, you, you take on every every house you can. Exactly. And we've done that. And we have, with that said, we fired during COVID. We dropped a couple of homeowners. We just, it wasn't right for us. It wasn't, yeah. I didn't like the way the, the homeowners were treating my staff over the phone and, and in emails. And I just said, it's not worth the money. And, and one of the homes we, we were doing quite well with, mm. but it wasn't worth it. I mean, there is a cost. And, and you think about the amount of emotional energy we were spending placating and, and almost apologizing for doing what we thought was the right decision to start with. So there, you know, I, I, I would say there's always time to, to, to go through your customer list, even if you're not as big as you want to be. And, you know, I want to get to hundred homes, but, yeah. but at the same point, they have to be the right homes. And we're starting to, to really start to evaluate the homeowner more to make sure it's a good fit. Um, we're also looking at, to your point, the different types of homes. Costa Rica is really interesting, right? I mean, people, We'll oftentimes confuse it with Puerto Rico, yeah, yeah. which is an island country. Costa Rica, just quick geography. So to the north is Nicaragua and to the south is Panama. So, and where we are in Osa specifically, there's mountains that in parts of it that basically fall into the ocean. So we have mountain peaks, several thousand feet tall, as well as, as, well as flat plains areas kind of close to the beach. So, you know, one of our first questions is, is when people say, well, I want to go to Costa Rica. Do you want to be in the mountains where it's cooler or do you want to be close to the beach? And most Americans always want to be next to the beach. Mm-hmm. But again, there's trade-offs with that, which is the heat, higher density of people and higher density of insects. Mm-hmm. So um, what, what, as people return back and again and again, they generally will start to push up into the mountains a little bit to get the better <laughs> view. Yeah. To get, because we're, again, where we are, there's no condominium. Like if there's no condominiums over three stories tall anywhere near us. And a lot of that's because the front of the coast is all is all national parks and it's all protected. And there's also, as a developer, I can tell you the development laws now are really, really strict in terms of uh, wildlife, in terms of water. And with Costa Rica, all the beaches are public. So even if you were to build a $20 million home next to the, in front of the beach, you cannot restrict my access to walk past that. Um, so they measure from high tide, then they go 50 meters in, and there can be no permanent structures in that 50 meters from high tide. So that provides a, a buffer zone for anyone and everyone to enjoy the beaches. No, that's super cool. And uh, I, I think you get, it sounds like you guys really know the customer like journey from beginning to end when it comes to like they want Costa Rica, but they mostly want the beach. And then they realize, OK, after coming back, they kind of want to go back into the mountains a little bit. Like you, it sounds like you really know this journey. So is this something that you guys play into kind of how you communicate with the guest and how you market and like other things like that? Or is this just really um, it's the name of the game in Costa Rica? It's a different it's a different market compared to like. I've interviewed a bunch of other people in different markets than other than UK or America or wherever. Um, and this is like so new because um, all the rest have similar tie-ins, but you, you don't. No, no. And it, well, part of it is I would, I, you know, I, 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 for, I just background, I have my residency in Costa Rica. So, okay. um, and I have my citizenship still and passport for the United States. My, my, I have my residency in Costa Rica. Um, and you don't need that to, to, to um, own property there, although you do need it to work. Mm. And, and that's, that's another thing. But um, the, the, in terms of kind of that customer journey, I, I remember renting hotel rooms. I remember, it, and I never, and I've rented some homes too. Just I, so I've been in, on the other side. So I try to be real sensitive to, to what kind of that first time you wake up after traveling all day and you finally get to the vacation home. What's it like when it's the howler monkey start at five in the morning, right? <laughs> no matter how many videos I send or I try to explain or send a photo, it, it never does it justice. So I just try to say, you know, if, if there's a lot of kind of tense, if people are tense when they get there, I, I just say, just take a breath. I, I'm just, I've been in your shoes, just give it 24 hours. And I promise you it, it's all going to be okay. Um, because I've been there and, and I've had to go through that even when I wasn't thinking about it, you know, the thing is now I can, I, to your point, I can kind of process and think about, okay, these people are flying in from Toronto or flying in from New York city at this time, they're going to, they're going to be exhausted, you know? So that's why even in our directions, we say, take a break, have a Coke or a beer or pizza at this place. This is a really nice place. You know, you're going to get, get your, just trust us, get your groceries at this place. Mm-hmm. Cause once you get to the house, you're not going to want to drive back 
40 minutes round trip plus shop time. Mm -hmm. You know, just trust us when we tell you that. So, um, so yeah, you really have to think about that process and, and it, and it does differ because a lot of our homes, you have to have four wheel drive access. You have to have a four by four vehicle. There's no paved roads and some, and off the highway, it might be 25 minutes up a mountain with no signs, all gravel and four by four access only. So if you're used to, as most of the world is, used to pavement and asphalt and easy signage and, and lights, that's not what you're going to get all the time. But you, but, but, but when you get there, you know the journey's worth it because you're going to have these just epic views and you're going to have this amazing wildlife. And that's our marketing's pushing that to say, you know, this is all part of the adventure, right? Yeah. This is this is the pura vida. This is what it's about. So because. The people of Costa Rica is what I love. I've traveled to Panama and I've traveled to 25, 26 countries of the world. I love the people of Costa Rica. They're fantastic. But, you know, as, as North Americans, we push, right? We're a society if we push, push, push. Costa Ricans, they're pura vida, right? I know I said as the meeting was going to start at one, but 145 is close enough, right? So that 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 became a, a learning curve too for, for running a company. Like, you know, you listen, when I say one o'clock, the customer expects it at once. So we've got that down now. And, and it, it didn't really take that long because I've hired the right people. Yeah. But it is something that, that you know, when, when renters go out for dinner and say, well, I thought it was, you know, they told me it was going to be 40 minutes to a table and it was an hour and a half. I say, well, that's Puerto Vida. I mean, you know, you're, you're in the jungle and, or you're near the beach. So let's just enjoy it. Have a beer, have another Imperial beer and, and uh, enjoy it. No, that's so funny. That's I love that you bring it up. And you bring up like there's no like roads or lights or signage and easy access to this and that. It's like, man, all things that we take for granted here, especially in North America. Like I yeah, I just like think about lights when you're driving. Like how like so. yeah, street lights. Yeah. You know, we've you know, we we had that happen recently on a on a, on a negative Airbnb review, unfortunately. You know, same thing. We said they were from they're actually Costa Rican. We said you have to be there by nine o'clock, we'll meet you at the highway. We'll escort you up. Pura Vida. They, they said, well, we're not going to make it at, at eight o'clock. They let us know they weren't going to make it till like midnight. And we said, well, we're, yeah, you, you can't, you, you just shouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, we're going to do it, Garl, you know, Gal darn it. We're going to, well, guess what? When, when, when the Airbnb review came back, they said that, you know, there wasn't, there weren't any signs and they didn't like our hospitality because we didn't wait up for them till midnight. And I said, well, we told you the, like, we kind of had the guidelines. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of always adjusting just, you know, the Airbnb market as those, the expectations increase. The flip side of that is that's fine, but we're going to get stricter with certain things. Mm. And we will be unforgiving with certain things as well. Yeah. And so that made you guys think maybe about doing like a shuttle service. Cause then they're, they're on your time. Technically, if you get them from the airport, right. Is that something well, that you guys have thought about? Uh, well, so <laughs> during COVID, we actually started a tour company. Okay. Um, and so we're still in the planning stages. We've got the website and we, we, we kind of did a soft launch and, and, and that's that talent, if you will, didn't work out. So we're actually hiring right now um, in part to do that, to take that customer from the, from the second they land in, in Costa Rica to be able to escort them. Yeah. Mm. We bought a van. We, we bought a, a van. Um, so to be able to do that and hold their hand, yeah. And obviously there's a financial motive as well because people are coming down and yes, we make a, a good commission on, on, on the rentals, but people are coming down spending thousands of dollars on tours. And we mm -hmm. just, you know, you can make the phone call and make, make a little bit, but why not actually do the tour? Yeah. You know, totally. my staff is all Costa Rican. I have 16 years in Costa Rica. I know, especially, especially our area, yeah. we know yeah. where the 15 waterfalls are. We know where, now everyone knows where the five are, but we know where the other 10 are mm. because they're a private property and we know the people, you know, so all of that, we said, well, this is silly. You know, wh why don't we leverage what we know? Um, and, and fortunately, unfortunately, the fortunate thing is we've been growing our property management company. We haven't found the right person yet to, to take over the, the tour company. So uh, we actually have some resumes to go through in the next 10 days to, to do that. But yes, so you have to try to, yeah. to your point, keep pushing them. Well, that was my next question too. And I, I think it segue is really good into, into it, but is how have you guys been managing through COVID? What was kind of like the biggest thing? Like granted, thankfully vacation rentals um, overall throughout the world are doing better than most, actually I'll just say all segments of hospitality. Yeah. Um, 
And so what, what has that been like for you guys with Costa Rica? Obviously, is international travel not happening as much? Is that the thing? Correct. So what happened was when, when I was in Costa Rica, uh, so a, around March 20th, 2020, Costa Rica government shut the borders, said nobody, you know, nobody in and uh, only repatriation flights out. So I was screen capturing the San Jose website, San Jose airport's website, you know, and it got to the point where there were zero flights um, out or in. So because to get in, you had to have your residency or citizenship. So I could get in, but then I wasn't going to be able to get back out. And so I, I, and I, and I go back and forth. So the, the challenge was, okay, what do we do? So I said, well, the, and, and everybody knew it was coming. So, you know, the State Department of the United States and Costa Rica's equivalent was kind of saying, get home, get home. So we, you know, we talked to our renters at the time and just said, just be aware, you know, be ready. So what we did during COVID, when COVID hit, I said, I told the staff, I go, listen, you can feel sorry for yourself for like a day and then get over it because you know what? We need to do more. We need to do we need to improve our services, improve our processes. You know, we, we were doing well, but I said, we should be doing better. And it actually forced us and it provided us the time to get better. So, you know, for us, we use Hostfully as our, as our property management software. And I had spoken to them and I was one of their early customers, but and they kept sending me emails or calling me, hey, are you using this feature, are you using this feature? And it was, I don't have time or I don't, I just, we, we took the time and suddenly, oh my gosh, our life, we saved hours and hours a week just with some of the features on the software. So it was really, really great for us. Um, at the same time, we had a pretty good stable. About a third of our renters were long-term renters anyway. And then we got some calls from um, San Jose. So like San Jose has a, a large Amazon.com uh, presence. Intel is there. Well, the work remote was pushing through. So San Jose is about three and a half million people. It's like any urban area, lots of people in little spaces. So we were getting calls from, from senior managers wanting a home between 30 days and six months. So, you know, that that was great for a select, probably about half of our owners did 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 okay to well. You know, the other half didn't do so well. And that was, you know, at the same time, it, it was what it was. So, I mean, we weren't making any money either. So, you know, that's one of the, the things I always tell our homeowners is said, listen, you know, yes, we charge a fee, a monthly fee, but I've got a lot of expenses and I can, you know, my workers by Costa Rican law have to have health care. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to pay them a salary. I have, so yes, although I have a staff, those staff cost me real money. So we don't make money unless the rentals are, are in play. So during that time, I said, let's, let's get over it and, and lick our wounds because this is going to wipe some companies out. Yeah, we picked up some homes because property managers were one working illegally, but two uh, immigration wise, and and uh, two couldn't get into the country. So we were getting calls from homeowners saying, "My property manager's stuck in California, and I don't know. He's got my keys to my house in Costa Rica. What do I do?" So we, you know, call the locksmith, and we would start managing that home then, uh, because all of our staff obviously is Costa Rican, mm -hmm. and so. So during that time, we did that as well as we really started to focus on, um, you, you couldn't stop landscaping and you couldn't stop doing your pool service because we were getting sporadic rentals. We were getting a lot of, um, uh, because 16 years in Costa Rica, we have a pretty good database of local market. Yeah. So that local market has money. So we were doing two to three day rentals for Costa Ricans. So, and we never knew which house was going to get picked up. And I said, listen, it's going to cost you more to fix your pool in three months if you drain it and all the, just the monthly cost for the pool is about 120 bucks. Just pay that. And, and you're going to be ready to go when, whenever somebody calls us or when this market turns. And then at the same time, we, we focused on doing a lot of repairs um, and, and talking to homeowners and saying, listen, you know, again, we are in the tropical rainforest. The, the, you got to stay ahead of the paints and the, or, you know, painting and and fighting molds and insect infestations. And so it was a time for, and water mitigation is a big thing. So we did some major water mitigation projects at homes. We did um, some beautification process, uh, projects, you know, planting hundreds and hundreds of ornamentals and some flowers on properties, really making it saying, at some point, this is all gonna go away. Um, not totally. 
and and I think you know the future trends we can discuss, but it allowed our homeowners and allowed us to focus on the property and get down to the nitty gritty, that the actual structure of the property. And again, a lot of our property management competitors in our market are strictly the vacation rentals and they, they're just pulling commissions, which again is fine, but they got hit really hard. Mm-hmm. We too got hit, but we because we had the other services, we were we grew. I mean, I quite quite we we opened a second office during the middle of COVID. Oh, and that helped us in our negotiation on the rent, of course. So yeah. um, so we got a great rent. We got a three-year lease at COVID pricing on, on a small little office space. So we just, I just said, I, I'm in this for the long term. So mm-hmm. at some level, I'm not going to look at the financials. Like you always have to look at the financials. But yeah. at some level, if you're in it, you're in it. So I said, now as the market's going down, now's the time to grow. So I invested pretty heavily in, in assets. Well, I was going to say- people- Go ahead. It sounds like uh, you've not only have improved your quality control of properties, um, whether it's, you know, the maintenance and the, you know, day-to-day stuff, like kind of advising your homeowners, don't drain your pool because it's going to be just as more expensive, if not, you know, 10, 10 times more when three months later, but then you also kind of honed in on the, the pillars and the, you know, improvement of the operations in the sense of using the, the integrations or tools that hostfully was like, Hey, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you doing this? Um, what has been the biggest one that you guys are, you see yourselves never letting go, like post COVID things get back to normal international travels on fire. You guys are busy, busy, busy. What's something that you guys are never going to let go of? Uh, operationally, operationally for sure. And then definitely, uh, property wise. Um, well, I mean, you know, I'm still looking at growing. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at going national in Costa Rica under a different brand name because Osa doesn't make sense for. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of, you know, I, I feel comfortable with what we've done. I mean, I think, I think we've, we've, we've got a model that seems to work for us. Yeah. Um, you just got to commit. I mean, you just have to decide. And, and well, it sounds like just during the downtime when everyone freaked out and was like, all right, we're going to put our heads under the, under the rocks or in the sand. Kind of like I had a friend um, in the UK kind of described it as an ostrich, you know, where they kind of just stick their head in the sand and yep. said, well, we'll wait until everything's back to normal. Um, which is fine for some people. They just don't have the, you know, the capital to continue to move when the revenues get below a certain number. Um, but it sounds like you guys really took advantage of this downtime to say, this is where we're going to improve because when it does come back, we need to be on our A game. And I think that's pretty much what you guys did in the sense of growth and of, again, then using the tools that were already at your disposal. Yes, definitely. And I mean, the software for us really helped and allowed us to, you know, it's allowing us to scale pretty quickly. Um, and so that the, for us, it's just onboarding it and, and training the others as they come on board and, yeah. and how to use it. And for, for us, that's been, it's been fantastic because we've all had the nightmares of the double bookings, which happened before yeah. hostfully. And then we had iCal links breaking and things like that. So um, obviously that's not an issue. So for us, I mean, that's kind of our, our, you know, secret weapon, if you will. And in fact, I, I you know, obviously on, on this podcast, I'm sharing it, but I don't even share it with our homeowners. I don't share it because I don't, you know, depending on who listens to this, we don't, we don't, um, we're not sure anyone else in the market uses it. We know there's one other company, Northern Costa Rica, which is, it, it's not even our market. So yeah. you know, five hours from us. So that's great. But, um, and I'm sure it's the same thing for them is, is it's a great affordable option that's super easy to use and scalable. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, what are you guys going to, I guess, what does the future look like now? You know, are, are you guys seeing anything happen, any kind of movement when it comes to, like you, I think you just kind of briefly talked about, you know, you have people from Dubai or Netherlands and other stuff like that. So it sounds like you guys are getting a little bit of traction. Is it, is that something you see in the near future? Yeah. I mean, we, we, the world is, I mean, it's full of cliches, but I mean, you know, Canada, Trudeau just said, you know, canceled all flights for Air Canada and, and um, some other airlines are no longer flying to Mexico, the Caribbean or Central America. And the Canadian market for us is really big. So We've seen some cancellations on that. We've seen, um, so as countries adjust, we have to adjust. You know, we're really seasonal as well. December to March is when we, you know, we're, we're we were, even this past season, December to March, we're at about 80 to 90% occupied. Our down season is October always, and that might be 
15%, just because it's the rainy season and people don't take vacations then. Um, and, and the Costa Rican summer corresponds to the winters of the Northern hemisphere. So right now it's you know 10 below in Minnesota, but it's 90 degrees in Costa Rica. And it's kind of like that every February. So it's a good- all the snowbirds. That's right, like, yeah, yeah. that's right. So, um, so we're dealing with that. You know, Costa Rica has its own, um, you, have to, you have to have a, a, a health pass that's by the Department of Health to get into Costa Rica and it's a questionnaire and you have to download a, a QR code. And so there, and, and you also have to have insurance now to enter Costa Rica. So I see more of that being uh, adopted around the world. So in Costa Rica's case, you have to do this questionnaire and then you have to have travel. It's not travel insurance from the standpoint of your ticket, it's health insurance. So the health insurance has to cover $50,000 of medical care and $2,000 of lodging. That's the minimum thing because they said, listen, you might be healthy and you might test positive uh, for COVID. So you need somewhere to stay. So from a short-term rental standpoint, that's not all bad, right? Because we haven't gotten the call yet, but I do expect to get the call sometime of someone can't leave the country because they get they have COVID. And then there's insurance companies out there. Uh, there's two local ones in Costa Rica and there's uh, Trawick. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and and uh, I just spoke to their vice president last week because we're going to kind of do some marketing with them. Um, or push push them the clients, but the um, to be able to have those short term renters call to say, you know, I have this insurance policy and I can't leave the country. So, um, you know, and in the United States now is mandating the COVID test right within seventy two hours. So, for now, for the last two weeks, we've spent a lot of time calling medical clinics, and there's thankfully in Costa Rica, there's a lot of them. Even our rural area, there's a hospital nearby, and there's some private clinics. But we spend a lot of time making sure that, you know, it's an act. It, so not only is the scheduling, uh, but it's also, you know, it's 100 to $150 per test. So you, everyone in your party has to have that now to get back in the United States. So mm. suddenly that family of four is spending up to $600 just to fly back home. Well, are they gonna, they're not going to rent as long then, or they're not going to come at all, or they're not, you know, so we're, we've run into that a bit of, of clients that never booked, but were, I was confident we're going to book, and then this, this, the, the local testing to get back in the United States that that cost, and then the insurance cost. You know, it's it's just adding, and that money doesn't go to the to us or or anyone else. That's going to to insurance and, and government. Yeah, no, that's crazy. The to think about the the barrier to entry for travel now is is increasing and it's kind of out of our control, unfortunately. Which, um, you know, granted, whether you're beliefs are one way or the other it's just it sounds like uh, it's not making it easier for that's right like it's, I, from what i'm hearing from you guys you're being very proactive on well we're working with insurance companies to do this and we're doing this like but at the end of the day it could go like that and that's that's what's kind absolutely. of absolutely yeah yeah and not only that you know i'm uh, so again you know make lemonade when you can so yeah, yeah, we course. get you know we've and i'm sure everyone listening to this or anyone involved with with, with property management, short-term rentals, right? You get the call that, oh, well, I can't travel because of COVID or I don't want to. Now I have now I have the, the, the reason to say, listen, you have insurance. You have to have insurance to get in here. Yeah. And by the way, I am not, we at OSA Property Management, again, we're not going to study 210 countries around the world and your local municipality and whatnot and the other, okay? We have a house in Costa Rica with your name on it. If for whatever reason you can't make it, there is travel insurance out there. Yeah. So- and that has been, you know, some companies are super forgiving. And, you know, if you, well, we can't be, I mean, for example, right now, as we speak in February, 2021, we have a third of our inventory for Christmas and New Year's 2021, 2022. Mm. I can't say, well, wait a minute, you know, 48 hours before, if you cancel, yeah, you're going to exactly. get a refund. That doesn't work that way. <laughs> we can't do that because when you're an international destination, people have to plan and they have to get time off of work and they have to get their kids out of school and they have... So it's a big decision and I can't be opening and closing inventory on a whim, especially now with insurance a mandate. So at least there's, there's a backup plan for travelers Yeah. and all things considered, it isn't that expensive. And, and so I'm using that as a, as a benefit for us to say that you've got insurance. So if you can't travel, cash in your insurance policy. Mm -hmm. Well, and if you're getting bookings that far ahead, which is a good sign in my opinion we have my i have a friend in florida who just finally has gotten like i think 15 
year advance booking so people are feeling comfortable to be con- like granted yes a year so a lot can happen but they're starting to feel comfortable to get back to their yearly tradition of we go to this spot every year and we love it and we want to you know have that experience a moment so it's a good thing that you guys are seeing that but also like you said as things happening it gets closer and the insurance or the regulation changes or whatever they have time to in order to prep for that and and you guys as the property manager can communicate that with them and and make sure that you guys are all being very transparent with it and ready to rock yeah i mean we have to again it gets back to that whole customer experience you know we we from the business standpoint, we make the money when the house is rented. So we need to do everything in our power to make it comfortable and convenient and easy. Even if it's not, it has to come across as that. Yeah. Um, And so that's, you know, kind of the, the, as I'm sure, you know, right. Everyone thinks, Oh, it's great. You just get houses and and people will show up and it's a magic pixie dust. Yeah. Um, But but this has made it, you know, um, definitely more interesting. And, 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 and I foresee, I foresee the insurance thing being everywhere in the, mm-hmm. in the near future. And why not? I mean, I understand a country, especially like Costa Rica, that's comparatively or relatively speaking, you know, poorer than others. Yeah. You can't have a bunch of, and, and tourism is really, really important to their economy, hugely mm-hmm. important. So they have mm-hmm. to do everything they can to protect their own uh, economy, as well as to protect their citizens. So they're trying to do the best they can by offering having insurance options and things like that. So at least they're not going broke yeah. while foreigners come into their country. So mm-hmm. I think it's a smart move. And I've, I foresee other countries doing something like that. I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, well, Hawaii went through a similar thing, you know, throughout the whole COVID time, you know, they're, they're very dependent on tourism, hundred uh-huh. percent. Now that's, that's their market. And so they've had to, uh, they, they were hurting, hurting and they've had to implement stuff such as, you know, testing and, Okay. And quarantine. Oh, you have to do that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if the insurance is 100% in effect, but I do know the two week mandate of uh, quarantining and stuff is, or I think they lowered it from two to like nine days. But you actually get you get three or negative tests and within like a certain time frame, then they they shorten it on you. But um, but still, it's a very uh, costly expense. But they depend on tourism. So um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes into it. So it sounds like just Costa Rica in itself is not only are you dealing with the jungle against you in the sense of, you know, you can't control the jungle um, as we all know. And then of course, now we have all this to mix into it, but like you said, you're making lemons or lemonade out of lemons. And, uh, and it's just, it's really cool to hear a different, like it's kind of refreshing on my end, my side of the mic, because I'm hearing different locations throughout the States and through other countries and, like we already know the situation in the UK, we already know the situation here, we already know the situation in Canada. Um, but to hear, you know, a destination that's so unique to itself um, on the show is it's uh, a different uh, perspective. In a, in a lot yeah, of- yeah, no, I mean we have to. Well, and even now, there's driving restrictions based on mm-hmm. your license plate. So I mean, there's driving restrictions, there's insurance restrictions. I mean, so there's lots of things. Um, but again, we can we can overcome that with you know we can write letters as a travel being part of the travel industry, we can, we have the authority to write letters on behalf of our renters that they can, they can travel as long as they're making a destination run. So that's things we don't have to do, obviously, but it's, it's something we do do just to make sure our clients and and renters, you know, don't have any problems with, with, with getting to the house and having a great time. For sure. No, I definitely agree. Well, what, what's something that maybe you could say to the audience that you're like, throughout your whole journey of, of being in the vacation rental side of stuff, what's one thing you would like love to leave them with, whether it's advice or just something you've learned or anything? Well, I think it's like anything, but you, you, you better love it. You absolutely oh. <laughs> better love this and you better love change and you better, you know, do everything you, we can't control laws and we can't control COVID or anything else. So you just have to be able to, to adapt you know, we, we've adapted by, we've, we've integrated our, like I said, our cleaning, our construction, our, we, we just had to, otherwise we wasn't going to, it wasn't going to work. Every market's a little different. And I know sometimes it's easier to just outsource everything. We, we don't have that option. So uh, we, you have to love it and you have to solve problems. I mean, I, I, I pound that into our people all the time and everyone knows it. Like, you know, Abigail, who runs it, uh, the operations and Walter runs our construction. They know like, Tell me a problem. That's fine, but you better have a solution. So mm-hmm. anytime, you know, we do a lot, we communicate constantly via WhatsApp and group chats and 
with our cleaning crews and our landscaping crews. And so I always know what's going on and everyone knows what's going on. But if there's a problem and you don't know what to do, just say, I don't know what to do, but here's an idea. So, and that's true for, for long-term, short-term rentals. You know, there's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be a problem. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's within your control and sometimes it's not. So you better love solving problems and you better hire people that love solving problems or they're not the right people for you. Uh, that's some of the most solid advice uh, that goes to anything and not just short-term rentals. I think if you love, uh, it goes to life when you're doing your career, whether it's uh, working for somebody or starting a business or whatever, you better love it because at the end of the day, yeah, that's, this is your life and you only got one shot basically. Well, so. as you know, it, as you know, we better, we should never look at how much we make per hour. Right. Because you know, that that's uh you and I, short-term rentals, right? We get calls at 11 o'clock at night. We're not supposed oh. to be, there you are. The website needs updating or the photo, mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's, there, there's never enough time in the day. So if you didn't enjoy it, you'd burn out really quickly. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. Just my, on yesterday, Monday, uh, I spent 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. working in the office. Didn't come home until like almost 10. So yeah, but definitely you don't look at your short, your, your hours, uh, hourly pay, but um, no, it's, it's definitely something it takes a certain person and granted there's, I know plenty of people in the space that, you know, say I, I have 12 properties and I spend about five hours a week and I have everything automated. I have a great team. I have this, I have that. And that's, that's their life. And they go spend, you know, their free time doing whatever, um, but yeah. it all depends on the goals. And, and I think, like you said, though, um, you got to love it. And at the end of the day, if you love it, you got to do it right. And I love that you guys took the downtime um, to really implement some, some, you know, just the way you guys operate and what you're going to do for the future. And I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, coming out to one of your properties and ah, come on down. We'd love to have you. Yeah, I was gonna say, not we have to do a podcast from down there. I, exactly. I was going to say, not just to do a podcast, like a cool side or beach side, but also have a, have a, have a beer or two. I would have loved that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Nick, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, where can people find you? Obviously, I'm going to take everything in the show notes um, and have it there for everyone that's listening to just click at the uh, click of a button. But what's what's your go-to spot for everyone to go find you? Sure. Osa, OsaPropertyManagement.com. So Osa is just O-S-A and then PropertyManagement.com. And then we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, even Flickr because Costa Rica's got so much beauty. We've got thousands of photos and um, pretty much all the channels. So osaproperty.com is the best place to, to find everything. And uh, just click the contact page if you want information or if you want to talk to me or, or anything. And I'll be more than happy to, uh, to talk to you. Awesome. Well, you heard it, Slick Talkers. So look at the show notes, go to osapropertymanagement.com. You can find everything there. And of course, we will see you guys again next week. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.